0: Coming up on Garden Talk.
1: The thing you want to do as a new growers, you want to eliminate as many places that you can go wrong as possible. You know, take those variables out. Don't work hard to throw things in that can go wrong. We just think more is better, you know, more light, you know, more nutrients, more water. That's going to give me more plant. And until you realize that's really not the truth, just took it and split it right down the middle. And we duct taped it all up, put a tomato cage around it. And that plant was the biggest yielding plant that we ever had. <laughs> Whatever it was, it just kicked it into like some kind of super mode. Don't chase a, a VPD number, a pH number. Your plants will tell you what you need to do. More is not better. You know, sometimes the more you do, the less you get.
0: What's up, everybody? If you that don't know me, my name is Chris, aka Mr. Grow It and you're tuned into the Garden Talk Podcast, this episode number 81. In this episode, I interview Chronix Grow. He has been gardening for 15 months and has experience growing in soil as well as deep water culture. He likes to keep it simple, and he talks about what he does at his garden in order to be successful. This episode includes a lot of good advice for beginner gardeners. Thanks to all of you who support this podcast through Patreon. If you'd like to support, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash it. Before we get into it, I want to acknowledge that one of my goals for this podcast is to bring zero cost for information about gardening, all plants, to the general public. That being said, I'd like to thank the sponsors of today's episode who helped make that goal possible. Thanks to VivoSun for sponsoring this episode. VivoSun has been one of the top manufacturers of horticulture equipment for over 10 years. As some of you have seen in my grow videos, I have grown successfully using their grow tents, their inline fans, LED grow lights, HID grow lights, and numerous accessories. Vivosun continues to create really interesting technology that makes home gardening easier. Check out their website at vivosun.com. I will provide a link in the YouTube description section below. AC Infinity is sponsoring this episode. Their clip on oscillating fan is now released. I've been using their six inch version for over six months now, and I absolutely love it. It's easy to clip on the side of my grow tent and it has 10 different speeds, which makes it easy to control air circulation. They do also have non-oscillating versions of these clip-on fans. These fans are currently in high demand. When they sell out of the fans, which I expect them to often, you can pre-order them for the next release. You can also use discount code MRGROWIT if you're buying off their website, acinfinity.com, that discount code works for all AC Infinity items, or discount code MRGROWIT15 if you're buying off Amazon. Thanks to Ventana Plant Science for sponsoring this episode. I started using the bottle flavor Flava in my garden. Flava can be added to any nutrient lineup. Studies have shown an increased yield of 14% and also increased terpenes from 1.1% to 2.4%. Flava is an all-natural polymer that holds nutrients in solution. It also prevents precipitants of nutrients and increases nutrient uptake. Flava is available on growershouse.com. I'll provide a link in the description section below. And you can use coupon code THESTASH for a discount. And we are back. Welcome to the Garden Talk Podcast. Today I am joined with Chronics Grow. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Chris.
0: Ah, thanks for coming on. Today we're going to go through a ton of tips for beginner gardeners. So there are so many people out there who are starting their first garden, especially as legalization sweeps across the world here. So in this episode, I want to go back to the basics. I'm not trying to scare off any intermediate or advanced growers, because I'm sure there's going to be some takeaways for you, But even if it's just a reminder to, to keep it simple. But first, let's do an introduction. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into gardening?
1: Well, um, I I may not look it, but I'm 55 years old. I have uh, three grandchildren. Um, I rescue animals. I I got a couple of parrots, some cats, and a dog. Um, My first introduction to growing medicinal plants came when I started helping a neighbor with an outdoor grow. I was pretty much just a helper, especially at the end when you had to do all the trimming. Uh, But then I met a girl, and we bought a house, and we moved away, and it's a upscale neighborhood you can't really be doing that out in the backyard you know where i live now and plus there's a lot you know it's a big open area there's a lot of traffic and it's you know it wasn't possible plus we you know we just bought a house we didn't want to take any chances and then all of a sudden legalization just ma'am it was here um i had a long talk with the girlfriend to try to get her out just said it'll just be a small little thing and don't worry about it it'll be okay and uh you know I went on YouTube started watching all the videos and uh, 15 months later here I am um, I've had three oh well, I call the first one successful because I finished but I've had three grows in in 15 months and I'm about to finish my fourth um, so you know I'm, I'm getting a perpetual but my perpetual is just about set up so I'm in a really good spot and, that's about it
0: sweet and now you have a youtube channel as well right
1: yes yes i uh, i took the leap um i mainly did it in the beginning just to kind of record my progress you know it's good to look back and see you know where you where you started at and just have a little fun you know see what could happen um and then i, uh, I was lucky i the folks from i hooked up with the folks from ILGM. And they, you know, they took an interest in my channel. They helped me get over that, you know, 1,000-sub hump, you know, with a couple, you know, giveaways and things. And, you know, and that led to Spider Farmer. So, I, you know, they've been really good to me. And, that, you know, having a channel really helps in that way. You know, you're you're kind of doing a favor for a company by, you know, showing their product, and in return you're getting product, you know. So it's good, as long as you find decent, you know, companies to work for in your you know it's it works out good
0: yeah absolutely and as always i'll definitely have a link to chronic Rose channel down in the youtube description section below and if you're on one of the podcast platforms just search for it you'll find them so what's your overall style of gardening i mean are you indoors mostly do you do any outdoors organic synthetic what's your style
1: um, I'm indoor in soil. Um, I use synthetic nutrients. I, I did try the Fox Farm uh, Dirty Dozen uh, a grow ago. It's a little more, I, I guess it's a little more organic, but it was just so many bottles, and it, it was really hard for me to really understand when I was, I was feeding at times, and uh, so I went, you know, kind of went back on, the, on that. Went back to the General Hydroponics that I started with. It's just so much easier you know what, what's going in there it's it's simple it's really hard to turn hard, hard to mess it up um yeah
0: and then are you mostly doing are you doing auto flowers or photo periods or what
1: N- no no i did when i my uh, i'll tell you the, the whole, how i learned to keep it simple it was my first grow you know i went on youtube i'm watching all these videos and you know the some of the choices I made. I, I started off with DWC. I had autoflowers and photoperiods in the same time and I had HPS lighting in a tent over, over the over the buckets. So as you can imagine, it was a struggle. I, I was like, oh, my, my water's getting too hot, I and mean, I had to do you know I had to wrap the buckets and 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 covering so you know to keep the temperature down and. Um, I was—you had to monitor the pH all the time, and then the plants—they grew so fast that at the end, I ended up having to switch my hood because the, they just grew right up into the hood to the top of the four by four time Even though I had the hood all the way to, as far as could go, it was just hanging by the little clips. Um, I finished, you know, it, you know, I got quite a lot of a, a lot of product out of it, but you know. The, the 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 light only penetrates so far, so anything below that, you know, it's it's pretty much, you know, you know, edible quality stuff. There's you know, it's just larfy, and I I just expected it to be better, having seen what it looks like outdoors. It just that it just, you know, I I knew I bit off more than I can chew, so like okay, I got to get back to the basics, you know, I got to figure out what I want. You know, I, I wanted perpetual right from the beginning. I knew that, I, you know, I started small with one tap, but my goal was, okay, if this works out, then I'm going to go get another tap for veg, and I'm going to, you know, try to keep this, at least get a two-light rotation going. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I, I started learning, you know, about overwatering, um, too much light, too, too many nutrients. And uh, once I... I, I learned that I didn't really have to have to do that much with soil. Soil seemed like the way to go. You know, I, I was just so the, the very first one with the DWC just took up so much of my time. You know, I was down there. You, you have to check, you know, that pH is so important when you're in those, that kind of system. Um, soil, it's not so important. you got a, you got a lot wider range, you know, that you can play with. Uh, and, uh, now you know it's expanded i'm you know i got a three light rotation going so it's every eight or ten weeks i'm, I'm harvesting the time.
0: what's all around you almost everywhere you look and makes your life better birds learn all about these beautiful creatures in this wonderful new podcast called birds of a feather talk together two experts guide two newbies on their journey to learn more mallard ducks ivory-billed woodpeckers hawaiian honeycreepers blue jays cardinals sandhill cranes and more each week we discuss a different bird and walk away with a better understanding of the birds all around us oh and we have a ton of fun doing it listen now you're gonna like learning about these birds i guarantee it Yeah, the DWC. I mean, you mentioned the the water temperature being high, and that because that's a concern for me because I, I live in the desert, and it's like I think it's 113 degrees out today outside, and like inside here, my AC is on the entire time, and it's just under. It's like 79 degrees Fahrenheit right now. And the water temperature, if, if I were to run a DWC system, I'd be struggling just like, just like you mentioned, because you need to keep the temps at a certain degrees. It's going to need to be below a certain degrees or else you can come across problems. So yeah, I can imagine, uh, why, why you're going towards soil and how it's more, a little bit more forgiving than a DWC system. Now, are you still with HPS? You mentioned you had that or did you switch over to LED? Like, what are you using for lighting right now?
1: Well, right now I'm in flower. I'm flowering with the Spider Farmer SF4000 in the the 4x4. I had, this would be my second flower with the LED. I mean, the HBS was doing just great. I could have continued with that. And I may, if if I struggle again, I I had a little bit of an issue with temperature in the the, um, winter. You know, I am from uh, the Northeast. So even though I get heat... It, I I get heat and AC from the house. It's still always a little bit, a little bit off than what it actually is in the house. So I, you know, now I've added a little bit of. I just have a little oil heater in there. You know, I set that to like seventy two, and then it never it you know, really gets below that down there. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm real lucky with that. Uh, but I, you know, a lot of people would say I grow pretty pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, I, I never get above 80 degrees on the top. You know, that's pretty rare. That's a, that's a real hot day.
0: That must be nice. <laughs> For me, it's a struggle. I'm always running an AC in order to try to keep things cool. But you know, when it comes to lighting, I want to dig a little bit deeper into that because this, there's so much when it comes to lighting i mean it's so easy to look at lighting you know if you're shopping for lighting seeing all these different technical specifications and get overwhelmed right so do you have any general advice for like beginners maybe that they're shopping for a light or even using light tips for using lights
1: well light lights important you know if you're going to veg lights a little less you know the kind of light you veg with is a little less important than the kind of light you flower with I mean, your your yield is your yield is based on your light, your wattage of your you know the amount of power that your light is putting out, um, and you know your quality is is really the grower talent, you know the, the healthiness of your plant when you when you flower it. Uh, all all the different lights worked. Um, you know, I've seen people grow under CFLs. Uh, you know, T, flower under T5s. You can you can flower under. Any of the systems work, it really, um, it's what you can really, it's what you can afford. And you know that there's nothing wrong with starting small and then, you know, as you, you know, it's kind of what I did, I just started, I started small, the HPS, an HPS system, a 600 watt HPS system, it's, it's nothing. You know, with a dimmable ballast, uh, you get two bulbs, the ballast, a uh, the, the hood. You know, and it, it's it's pretty cheap, and you know you have the wattage. You know, a 600 watts on the four by four is kind of really what you what you want. You know, to, to really to flower out a plant and you know and get some yield. Um, I I use T5s in veg. I just like the way you know. I try to do a little LED in veg, and you know, they're it just I, I like the way the the T5s work. I mean, I, I start with very little light. I sprout with a, a two-foot um, T5, I just put it right on top of the dome. You know, that's good for two, three weeks. You know, that will sprout 50 seedlings. I mean, if you, you could fill all those plugs and, and sprout with that one light, and that light will take care of them for two weeks. Um, then, you know, you obviously you've gotta, you, you pull them out and you put them in party cups. They're a little more spaced apart. You need a little bit more. I have a two-bulb T5. You know, I have one of those little divided-up tents, you know. It's got the little shelf. I got, so I have my little ceiling dome up top. Down below, I've got a little two-bulb two one. And if I'm only sprouting a few, you know, I can put them under that. And then I have a four-bulb one that fills up kind of like the three-by-three three space. And then when they get a little bigger in the solo cups, so I can keep them all in there. You know, it's all in that 24-hour light cycle. So, you know. That all works out great then I move them to uh, two by four that's got four um, four foot T5 bulbs in it and that's where I grow them you know I try to fill that two by four out um, get a full canopy in that once that two by four is full it halfway fills my four by four and then when I flip the flower the stretch you know they'll grow they'll grow twice as big and then I've got a full canopy and it really kind of, you know, I, 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 I really try to um, stuff the lighting up. It's a very slow incremental process. Um, you know, when they're, when they're little and they're young, they want they don't need a lot of light. And, and they just need a little bit of light. And that little bit of light is what you're trying to grow roots. You know, you're not trying to grow vegetation you know, and in that early seedling stage. You're trying to get the roots to grow. And that just little bit of light is is all they need and it's cheap and it saves you a lot of money too. you know you're not you're not blasting it with a, you know more light than it needs um, they respond a lot better uh, I just you know I, I, I you know I strongly believe that you know light is like kind of like shifting gears in the car you know it's gotta be you kinda of work and if you hit it at the end where you know that last couple weeks you're at 100% in your flower top you know you know you did it right and you're getting the max, Then your your plants are getting the maximum amount of lots, the maximum amount of light at the end when they really need it, when they're, when they're you know they're finishing off, and and can use that gas.
0: Yeah, and I just want to repeat what you had said towards the beginning. There is the 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 light that you could use. A lot of people get caught up to like, oh, you need three thousand k for flower and four thousand k for vegetation stage, and that's just not entirely true. You can literally grow the plant from seed to harvest with the same spectrum. So I think a lot of people there, unfortunately there are beginners out there, they're spending money on two different grow lights in order to have them for the different stages. And it's, it's a little bit of an overkill. They just, they're just unknowingly going out and spending money when they don't really need to. So I'm glad you actually mentioned that part because uh, yeah, that's a common misconception. Sure. About lighting. Absolutely.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Spectrum has really little to do with it. I mean, and if and if it does, it, the the difference is is is, is so small. That I don't think it's really that noticeable. I know people, you know, can the light companies will argue differently that you know. But it's kind of like they're kind of like the nutrient companies. You know, they say, "Well, my light gives you twenty percent more if you use mine." <laughs> you know, it's the it's the same sales technique. Tons of marketing getting shoved down
0: your throat. Yep, it's it's every light company has the best light when you talk to them. So it's it's crazy you mentioned too much light being an issue for a lot of new growers can you get deeper into that like how do do new growers know when they're giving too much light and how do they like I guess adjust their light to fix the issue
1: you'll find as we go through this thing that the the too much thing will pop up pop up a lot Um, I think it's a guy thing you know that's probably why girls grow better than we do you know we just think more is better you know more light you know more nutrients more water that's gonna give me more plant and, um, and until you realize that it's really not the truth, and you know you you the, you step away from some of that, and you give it really what it needs, and you know nothing nothing more, then you know with light they respond better. It's it's you know you you, you can stunt them real easy with too much light, and it causes you know you 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 just burn them up. And, you know, I've seen people with, you know, they end up with a beautiful canopy full of buds, but it's right up in the light, you know, and, and it's just getting, they're just getting cooked by, you know, just too much light because it got too close. I mean, there needs to be, um, like with my LED, my, my spider farm, I put it all the way to the top of the top. Like that's where I start. Even though my canopy is so low down there, I just use the knob. To, to, you know, dial it up. You know, I give them a little bit of adjustment phase and i kind of, okay, maybe that's a little much or back it off a little bit. And then from then, it's just like every week when I water, I might turn it up a little bit and kind of ease it up that way. And it, you know, it works out fine. My first grow, you know, somebody had, I was online and it's like, no, you need to be hitting your plant with, that's a full 600 watts right now what are you doing you know and i'm like oh crap you know i better get down there and turn that bail stuff you know and then you know i'm blasting it with 600 watts you know when they still should have been way down you know and i had nowhere to go there was no you know i was totally out of gas out of room to 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 bring it up anymore or ease it up i have a buddy who he has
0: four solo cups he's got four ceilings going in a four by four tent he's got two spider farmer sf 2000s both of them going at the same time and i'm just like like i told him before to his last girl i told him like dude you could like just use one of those lights and like lower it and dim it down and he's not doing that he's
1: just yeah all the way at to the top at like five <laughs> percent would be plenty yeah yeah that's just it's tough you know especially the seedlings you know i've 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 had a um Top quite a few means, you know. I, I'm pretty picky with seedlings. You know, pretty early on, you know, if a plant's, you know, it's, it's, it's genetics it's, or, or what you're looking for. You know, I'm looking for, you know, branches because that's where the buds grow. You know, <laughs> branches and nodes. If if they're getting stretchy, I'm not seeing that node development, or they're falling behind the other seedlings. It's literally off the cliff. I have one in my backyard with a kook. <laughs> They, they take the little ride down to the river.
0: <laughs> you mentioned you're in soil, and you mentioned you started with Fox Farm Nutrients, then you moved over to General Hydroponics. Let's get deeper into nutrients because that's another area where folks get caught up a lot, especially the new beginners, right? Talk to us about you know how do you go about feeding, and what tips do you have for beginners in regards to feeding?
1: Well, um, like I said, I use a three-part. I, I have RO water, so I have to use CalMag. Um, a little bit more than you normally see in the feed schedule. Um, I use Rapid Start um, in the beginning and during veg, um, Floralicious Plus and Liquid Cool Bloom, and of uh, course Great White. Um, and that's kind of the stuff I use in, in veg and flower um, seedlings and baby plants. I use you know CloneX solution. You know the first four weeks of their life, they're getting CloneX solution and, and Great White every other week um the i'm pretty new to mother plants but I I, I I decided to stick with the same um clonex clonex brand and i'm using the mother plant a and b for the mother plant going forward i ended up with a really really nice uh granddaddy purple that i'm gonna be using the clone with um and i'm gonna use uh orca clonex solution and uh in The corner. Um, again, I, I one thing I have to you know this might make people's jaws drop a little bit, but as far as NPK goes, I only feed once in veg and at the most twice in flower. Um, that's because I, I I keep my you know I don't let my plants get bigger than the container that they're in. Um, I try to, you know, I'll, I, you kind of get a feel for how long the you know, soil's got, a couple weeks, um, or how long it's, you need to feed it. And if, you're, if they're growing along in a good place and you're transplanting it at the right stages, you don't really need to, There's a lot in the soil. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I do give them the, the supplements and the additives, you know, as I water them. But, well, I mean, as far as really feeding, I mean, unless I'm seeing some kind of deficiency, you know, nitrogen, you know, or something like that, I'm, you know, I don't, you know, if they look a little yellow or something like that. Okay. I, I might need to feed them a little bit, but I just don't, I, you know, I see people that they water every day, they give nutrients every day. They're just, you know, I'm hitting it hard with the newts and, you know, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, like what, you know. Because that just builds up all that salt and that soil, and it's just got nowhere to go. And it's it, you, it, especially you know, with the overwatering, because, because the overwatering you, you rot the root hairs, and um, that's then they can't take up nutrients. Um, you know, they, they, there's individual hairs that pick up certain new parts and particulates, you know, and you, you burn them up with nutrients, or you, and you overwater them. And they can't take it all they can take up is water and i and like you said i have a buddy that um he, every time he gets the goes, oh f- four weeks in the flower my pla- i come home my plants just fell over i don't know what happened and it was you know he over watered them when he vegged them they couldn't take up the nitrogen they needed in veg because they don't take it up in flower and then they run out and they just go and they just fall over it's the you know that's usually the answer you know the answer to that and you know the overwatering thing I, I really can't stress enough about because i think that's probably the number one problem that new growers do they think that soil has to be wet all the time and this this plant is just not like that at all
0: how do you go about watering in order to ensure that there's over watering doesn't happen
1: well i always water to, when i water i water to runoff off i make sure that the pot is completely saturated i've got Water coming out. Um, I'm careful that I'm not, you know, trying to do it too fast, where I'm getting the runoff off the sides. You know, I, you gotta get a feel to, and then I, I get a feel of the pot. I know how much it is when it's heavy, and then I don't water it again until I can just pick it up with the, my finger. Or it's, it's like super light. You know, I, I just wait until it's it's dried dried out, or I see some kind of if you know, it looks like it's. You know wilting a little bit, you know, the leaves are kind of bend down a little bit. I try, I don't like it to, you know, underwatering is bad too, but it's not as bad as overwatering. Um, so you can, if you start seeing wilting, you know, okay, if you write everything down, which I also recommend if you've got a garden, you should be, if you're watering, feeding, you should be at least writing that down, water feed or something, you know, at the very bare minimum, so that you can go, okay, I watered five days ago, wilted today. Next time I water, I'm going to do it a day earlier, you know, and, uh, my, like my, uh, I have the flower plant I have is in a seven gallon pot. And for the first four weeks, I only watered it, um, once a week. It just now, you know, in, in week five, I'm starting to water it almost twice a week. It's just starting to take up a lot more water and, you know, it's, it's starting to bulk up. So it's, it's drinking and taking up nutrients.
0: Yeah, I do a very similar method where I let it dry out between waterings when I'm growing with synthetic nutrients in particular. Drybacks like that, drought stress, a lot of people say that that helps with the secondary metabolites, you know, those dry comb production. So uh, it's a form of stress, precision stress that's bringing out what we want in the plants. So uh, yeah, I thought that was worth mentioning there. Now, are you aiming for a specific EC or PPM during the different stages of growth or what?
1: Um, well, I kind of I kind of look at ppm like food calories. Um, you got a young plant, um, you give it the kids meal, you know, the, the lower calorie diet. Um, you got a big plant, it you know, it might need the supersized fries and, to go along with it. It's kind of based on the size, um, the type of plant. You know, some grow slower than others. A slower growing plant doesn't need as much as a you know, faster growing one. It's not, it's not like the, it's kind of like the couch potato versus the athlete. You know, ones that are, you know, like certain, certain cultivars grow really, really fast. Yeah, there's a relationship between heat nutrients and the amount of water the plant drinks. Um, so if it's, you've got hot temperatures and the plant's drinking twice as much water, you also gotta remember it's taking up twice as many nutrients as well. So, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're putting a lot of nutrients in there and your tent's running at a very high temperature, you know, it's, it, it, you run the risk of, uh, you know, burning your plants up. And, you know, I, I, I want to say all the, the, the thing you want to do as a new grower is you want to eliminate as many places that you can go wrong as possible, you know, take those variables out, you know, don't, don't work hard to throw things in that can go wrong. Uh, just... Just because, you know, you, you've seen it on YouTube or, you, you know, you read it on the internet or, you know, some, you know, some your buddy told you this is, this is what you do. Gotcha.
0: I also want to get into
1: pH.
0: You talked about how pH was super important when it comes to DWC hydroponics and soil. A lot of people argue that it's not as important what's your take on ph specifically when growing in soil talk to us about do you monitor ph if so what do you aim for so on and so forth
1: well i i aim between five and seven if i'm mixing my nutrients and they're out of that range which you know some sometimes i have you know i'll get, i use a lot more ph up for some reason probably because of the ro water than i do down but you know i bring it back and i'll add a little bit to it and if it gets five point something or six point something, I don't care. I'm, I'm not adding more to it. I'm not trying to dial in that number um, because that—that that, you don't realize how big of a range that really is because it's not really a linear scale pH. Like uh, the difference between um, uh, 6.9 pH and seven is, is it's actually 10 times difference. So, if you multiply that over the whole range between five and seven, I mean, that's such a wide range that why would, how could there be one specific number that is absolutely perfect, you know, for every situation? I mean, really, it's about, um, you know, I know people argue that there's a certain pH it makes nutrients more available to the plant, but that five to seven range covers it. It really does. You know, there's not going to be, any, any kind of thing going on there unless there's an issue with overwatering and you've brought the root hairs and they can't absorb the nutrients.
0: Okay, let's move on to environment a little bit. Uh, temperature, humidity, a lot of people aim for certain ranges for those things. Let's start with temperature. What do you usually aim for?
1: Well, I my lung room, will basically vary anywhere between 65 and 75 degrees, you know, depending on what kind of season it is. Um, and I try to keep temperature. To, I, I basically try to keep the long room comfortable for me because I know if it's comfortable for me, it's comfortable for the plants. Um, obviously, the lights, you know, add heat or whatever. Um, but I've, I've had no, you know, when I've had no issues, you know, I've had 10, 15 degree um, temperature swings at night. Absolutely no, no real issues. Um, the only time temperature really might be an issue for me, reason I got seedlings or something like that you know I might use a little heat mat just to you know kind of a little bit of more radiant heat um, but I don't really I, I mean I monitor it I like to know what it is it tells me if something's wrong if my you know if I if I see that my humidity all of a sudden is, is 70% oh, oh, I must have forgot to empty the dehumidifier you know it, it's it's more of a I'm looking for the extremes more than a precise area kind of just like i I treat it just like the ph is if i'm in that that happy zone somewhere um i'm not going to spend a whole lot of effort to chase a number or get a like vpd um you know i don't really worry about that that doesn't you know there's there's no vpd in mother nature (laughs) I, i wouldn't say you know the it's its just it's just not for the amount of effort that it would take to try to maintain um, that environment I just don't see the the need to chase something like that especially if you're starting out maybe if you're in a facility and you're you're trying to dial you know what I mean you're I don't know even then I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't see the value and there's no value added in it for me and my girl let's put it that way I'm not saying there's something wrong with it or whatever but it's just not something that you know that I focus on
0: a lot of people are actually within the vpd range without even trying you know they'll look at the chart and they'll be like oh I'm there already and they're not even like no effort
1: my ac infinity my ac infinity controller will it gives me a vpd reading and it's a little off because I don't I don't enter the leaf temperature or anything but it's always one two one three you know it's always right around there you know it's not that far off depending on what chart you're looking at too and there's all these different charts too you know it's like which chart is the real chart you know it's it's uh, why why spend the time
0: that you're absolutely right there's our there are several charts out there and it makes things confusing because you look at one chart and you think you're in the right range and look at another chart and you're out of range but yeah there's that that dark green range which is said to be the most optimal range then there's the light green range and then there's the the yellow range i think is the the tolerance range and then you've got the red range right so like there's a really really wide range that the plant will grow in so if you're a beginner yeah chasing after vpd probably don't want to do that for your first several grows
1: well that was, that was something i picked up growing outdoors too because i mean the northeast is is just the, it could, the it, you can get all four seasons in like one day here and uh, I, I, the first year, I'm like, "Aren't you worried?" It's, just, it's like it hasn't rained in like three days. You know, and he's like, "Oh, I gave it water a couple of days ago. It'll be fine." You know, and I'm like, "I'm like, oh my god! Did you see that wind last night? You know, it, it blew the thing. Oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it." You know, and then towards the end, you know, that towards the end, it's dropping down to like 45 at night, and I'm like, Don't, "Isn't it getting too cold at night?" No, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You know, and the plant it does great. It, I've never you know, i seen wild swings in outdoor temperature, hail, you know, you name mm-hmm. it, it's, it'll throw it at that plant and it, it does great. Sometimes it, it, it helps, you know, the plant, the, like you said, the stress, um, the stress, I, I remember one plant we put outside and the woodchuck split it right down, just took it and split it right down the middle. And we duct taped it all up, put a tomato, wrapped a tomato cage around it, and that plant was the biggest yielding plant that we we ever had. (laughs) Just that whatever it was, it just kicked it into like some kind of super mode.
0: That's wild. So maybe the stock splitting technique isn't actually bro science.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, if you shape if you shape your plants up, you 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 inadvertently are going to split stock. I mean, it's it's. Uh, you know you remember the first time that you ever topped your plant and you're holding the clippers there and your hands are shaking and it's like oh my god what am i about to do here and you cut that off and you know or the first time you're trying to bend a branch and you, you just split it or you break it and you're like oh crap you know but it's just it's, duct tape fixes, fixes quite a bit and they you know if it does, you know. When it does heal, it's a big knuckle. It's a, you know, it's a. It's, the plant responds pretty good to it. You can't be afraid to manhandle them a little bit. They, I think they like it when you when you bend them and break them. They are
0: resilient plants, and most of the time, they will recover fully. One more thing I want to touch upon. You touched upon it first when we talked about temperature, and I just want to circle back to it, and then we'll move on. Which is, you talked about the long room temperature, and I'm really, really glad you brought that up because. That's an important piece that a lot of people don't bring up. They just talk about the temperature in their grow environment, in their their grow tent, for example. But the lung room, for those that don't know, is the room that your grow tent is in, for example. So a lot of people will condition that room with the proper temperature and humidity. Uh, And you said it's between 65 and 75 degrees Fahrenheit, which is usually slightly lower than what people typically run in their grow tents, you know, 75 upwards of 80, sometimes up to 85 degrees Fahrenheit. But it's important because when you're bringing air into the grow environment, if you're aiming for 80 degrees Fahrenheit temperature, for example, and that's what's in your grow tent and that's what's in your lung room. From my experience, I've always run into issues if my lung room is similar temperature to what's in my grow tent because you're just bringing in more heat, right? And your grow, your grow light is creating that heat and you're just you're just running into heat issues so i I think that's a great tip is to run a little bit lower of a temp in your lung room Uh, and of course have it to be the proper humidity that you're aiming for have that in your lung room as well so the air you're bringing into your grow tent is of the ideal range
1: right and when you start having to add um heat or or cooling you're adding money to to your grow it's it's you know once you do that is it is it, is it cost-efficient to grow, you know, if you've got to spend a lot of money? You know, I'm fortunate that I have the ducting, you know, already there, you know, and I could add just a little bit of supplemental heat, you know, and when the, at the times that it needs it, you know, and then I can put it away. It's kind of like the dehumidifier. The, the heater and the dehumidifier I have, they're both about, I think the heater's a little more watts. But I'll use I'll use the heater in the winter, and then I use the dehumidifier in the summer. And at the, you know, I don't use the two at the same time, um, and it it just works out it works out well. I'm I'm just fortunate with the growth grow space that I have that that, it, that maintains such a good temperature.
0: It can certainly be super expensive when you have all this equipment: heater, air conditioner, dehumidifier. All those things add up in your electricity bill. And uh, I know I've had shock before looking at my electricity bill. I'm like, what the heck happened here? Specifically when I was running a portable air conditioner. And I got rid of it because I was just like, forget it. It's not worth it. It's financially, it's just, it's not worth it to run it all the time and uh yeah it definitely one thing to evaluate is how much equipment you're having and the energy consumption
1: even the dehumidifier you know i have one of those things that tests the lots i had no no clue that that thing was drawn 600 watts you know that's that's as much as I mean, that's another light in your, in your growth space you know and that's you know my first grow i was running that thing all the time you know i'm, I'm glad i figured that out and i don't have to do that anymore yeah
0: yeah it's definitely good The less energy consumption, the better. Let's move on to plant training, something that a lot of new growers do, can be very beneficial for numerous reasons. Talk to us about how you do your plant training.
1: Well, I start right in the solo cups. As soon as I start seeing those nodes developing on the the branches, on the stems, and I've got a couple nodes there, and it looks like a good good spot to nip it off. I'll I'll nip that top off right there. I don't know if you call it feminine, just taking the one top node. Like, you know, there's a debate on what what it means. But anyways, I'll do that, um, and then I also clean up the bottoms. Anything that's not going to catch up to the top, I mean lower branches, um, I'll cut them off early too. You know, so I start start there. Um, as the plant goes, I'm always trying to open up the plant. My goal is to make the plant low and wide. Uh, I don't want um, big tall legs, Uh, I call them facility legs, you know, you see those videos of the facilities and, you know, the legs are like six feet long and then there's like this three foot canopy, but your light only, you know, LED will penetrate two feet, uh, HPS three feet maybe, so where where did all that time go to grow all, you know, all those legs, all that leg is kind of wasted time. Um, especially, you know, if, if you're in a facility and you have 20 foot ceilings and you can have your lights all the way up there, you know, okay. But you gotta, if you're growing tent, you know, you can only get so high. You know, the taller, you know, the, you know as I learned on my first grow, it's very, you know, once you, a lot of people don't don't anticipate the stretch either. That's that's the other thing. Um, they. Uh, you know topping your plant i think is the most important thing i see a lot of new growers where they they grow like the, the the spears where there's just one giant big bud in the center and then a couple auxiliaries off the top you know because it you know what, if you don't top that plant that that top apical bud is going to get all the energy all those other ones they're just getting the scraps what's left over you know when when the big bud eats you know they just get the table scraps or if you top your plant, you widen them out. Um, that that is the energy is distributed more evenly. I mean, you might not get this spear of a bud, but you're going to get the tops, which you know we all know that's the that's the best part of the bud. <laughs> um, you know, I bend them, I break them. You know, when I'm trying to widen them out, you know, if I get I get I can either top them to to shorten them up to let the Other branches catch up, or I can bend them down, and you know I don't tie them down. I don't think that's uh, um, effective way to do it. It's really hard, believe it or not. The plant's pretty strong. (laughs) You know, you can tie it down, and it will turn a corner and still go straight up on you. You know, um, if you if you if you break the herd, you you bend the branch. Um, When you're down, you know I you know I'll go down there and check to see if the you know, buckets are light or something and i well that that one's a little too tall I'll give it a little twist and bend it down a little bit trying to you know always building it it's all about the canopy 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 and right from the first time i'm during the solar cups right up to when i put them into flower
0: yeah and just to clarify you can totally just grow the plant naturally and let that one cola come up but you are prone to bud rot for example i I encountered that before. It's just, it's tough getting air through the buds there. And if there's stagnant air at all, I actually had a fan that died and uh, it died overnight and the mold started to occur. Got the fan fixed, but I didn't notice it right away. So I had the plants continue to grow for a couple of weeks. Well, that mold just doesn't stop growing right it can it will continue to grow even if you've got the the airflow at that point you're screwed but you know if you if it's your first grow grow the plant naturally that's fine but training is definitely beneficial so yeah just like you mentioned it
1: yeah you can't be afraid of it you, you really can't be i know i know for some people that you know they like they see the beautiful t- i don't want to cut that off my plant. you know it's such a it's, it's so beautiful it's growing so good i'm mean, gonna chop its head off what are, you, what are you kidding me i'm not gonna do that um but the, the benefits you know of training far outweigh, you know, the, you know, anything, you know, as long as you're doing it correctly, you know, you're not, you're not doing anything crazy. Um, shaping up your plants is, you know, is, is super important.
0: I completely agree with that. So we're coming up towards the end of the episode, and I know we can't talk about every single thing there is to do about growing here. But I do want to give you one last opportunity to give advice for beginners. Is there something maybe that we missed in this episode? Something you think that's super important that new growers need to hear? Um.
1: Okay. Uh, start small. Keep it simple. You know. You, I think you want to make sure growing's for you first. Um, some people, it's it's just not. You might have a really weird environment. You know, and it just or you know just. Some people just, it's just not for them, you know, and then they end up spending a lot of money in the beginning and you're just you know, discouraged. So just start small. Um, and, you know, a lot of, and a lot of, most first time growers, they, they, they do fail. Um, don't be afraid to fail, you know? And, you know, embrace it, learn from it. You know, I, I really took a hard look at my first grow and I, I didn't give up and I sell my equipment. You know, say, what did I do? What could I do better? And I still do after every go. You know, what can I, you know, always, what can I do better next time? Um, and also take everything you see on YouTube, read on the Internet with a grain of salt, you know, kind of do, you know, do your own back research, too. If you see something on one site, you know, I don't know about that, you know, go to look around and, and see. And soon you'll find out that there's a contradiction for just uh, a, for everything. And then you start to learn that you know I need to form you need to form your own opinions about about things and not rely on somebody else. There's no secret rec- Nobody's got no. There's no YouTube channel where where we've got some secret recipe that okay here's the list of things that you do and you're gonna get a tent full of buzz. It just doesn't exist. You know I think that we we're, we think you know, people think we're hiding some kind of secret you know secret sauce or just, you know, there's no secret nutrient. You know, no, no, no secret light. You know, there's no secret technique or secret method. It's you know, it's it, a lot of different ways work. but You just can't give up. You know, don't don't quit if it's something you really want to do. Um, and leave your plants alone. I don't think I touched on that earlier too, at all. Um, you don't need to be down in your tent like 17 times a day, opening it up um, and looking in there they you know you don't need you just you just leave them you know you, you, you do your water and you do things you got to do and, and you just leave them alone you know you're opening and closing the tank and changing the environment. Every time you go into your grill you you run the risk that you might bring some kind of pest in there or you know or, or something you might forget to turn the light off when you leave you know go down there when you gotta go down there I you know I go down to check a quick you know I might go down once a day just to make sure everything's still running you know with, Nothing's going on. I, I, what helped me because it was hard for me to let go of it too. Because you, you know you're so interested and invested in this that you would just want to be down there. You want to see it. You want to see what's going on. You know, I bought some cameras that I can look on my phone. You know, so I'm thinking, I don't know what's going on down there. So and, and i was you know thinking in my head, well maybe I want to go down there and see what's going on. I can just go in the camera and look on there there's nothing going on. <laughs> turn the camera off and, you know, the thought leaves my head, but it's real important just just the, the plant's been growing on its own for millions of years. It really needs very little from us. You know, we just got to really stay out of its way and, and, you know, let it do its thing. You know, like, like Grotamp always says, you know, re- relax, it's, you know, breathe, it's okay. It's, you know, it's just, it's really just a plant. It's really just a house plant. I mean, it's, there's, you look at it like that and it's it, and you treat them like that you you get a lot more success it's it's i really believe that
0: i like the way you go about things definitely uh you got the right mindset for sure Thanks. you i do want to add in one more tip that's just coming to my mind i'm thinking back to when i was a beginner uh one thing that helped me was setting up the equipment and before even putting the plants in the tent Having the light on, having your humidifier on, your ventilation all hooked up, and then monitoring the temperature and humidity and seeing if it's in the range, seeing if it, you know, if your, your temperature spiking like crazy, so you can take action before you put plants in there and then try to balance it. Now, of course, this isn't going to be foolproof. Once you have plants in there, the plants transpire, they release water vapor into the air, it's going to adjust your humidity, but it can certainly, in my opinion, be beneficial to have the equipment in there have your light on, let it run, and then monitor and try to adjust things from there. So, just figured I'd throw that one out there as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's nothing wrong with monitoring. You, you know, it's good to know. I, you know, I, I'm glad I did. There was the, in my first grow, and I noticed quite right away as soon as the lights went out because my my ambient room temperature was low. You know, once that HPS cuts off, it cools off pretty quick. That tent cools off pretty quick, and once that tent cools off, the humidity just went. So it told it, it, it told me something it told me I needed more ventilation in my tent, you know to, to account for the fact when the lights go off and that humidity rises so that I'm not getting you know the raining in inside of my tent after the lights go out so yeah but it's it, it's good to know all these things but it, like, like I said don't don't chase a, a VPD number or a pH number um you know, the par thing, it's, it's just, just, just look at your, your plants will tell you what you need, what you need to do. You know, don't just don't more is not better. You know, sometimes the more you do, the less you get.
0: Absolutely. So wrapping things up, how can the listeners find you and what do you have upcoming in the future?
1: Uh, well, my, my YouTube channel is pretty small. It's chronics grow. I think you said you put a link down there. Um, I'm also on Instagram on the same name. I'm uh, going to be trying to, pump up the membership on that, um, pretty soon. Uh, you know, I ended up having COVID twice during 15 months. So my YouTube channel suffered a little bit. Um, and pretty much just making music videos <laughs> with, uh, with plants in them. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm about to start cloning. So I'm going to do some videos on that. I got a Tribal cloner, um, got a mother plant, going to, you know, document the whole process, hopefully. So, uh, that big plant I have, that maybe single plant I have in flower, that should be harvesting in maybe three more weeks. So, I last, last uh, harvest, I, I was messing around with the time lapse video, so I had a lot of fun with that. You know, to condensing the whole chopping process and 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 bucking the buds all into like a three minute video, and it really took about it took all these hours, you know, just to watch that it was pretty cool. And put some, you know, I do stuff like that. Um, I think next up I've got some uh, black widows, and I, I end up with three black widows and one white widow out of the last batch of um, beans that I, I popped. So they're looking they're, they're looking really good. So I'm hoping to get the spider farmer sent me one of their new eight by four. They started making the bigger tents now. So I got an, I got one of the eight by fours when they when they first came out. So I'm just waiting to get the right opportunity to get that set up and then double my flower space. So uh, yeah, that's hopefully documented the whole way and you know, viewers can follow along and watch it. Sweet, sounds like a lot
0: of exciting stuff upcoming in the future. I'll definitely have a link to his channel down in the YouTube description section below. If you're listening on one of the podcast platforms, just search for him, you'll find him. If you enjoyed this episode, click that thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Every single weekend, I'm releasing a new Garden Talk podcast episode. And I'd love for you to tune into future episodes. Chronic, thanks so much for coming on. This has been uh, this has been cool going back to the basics, talking some uh, beginner tips, beginner-friendly information out there. So appreciate your time, and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you. See you later.
0: Peace out, everyone. See you in the next episode.